Yuval Ben-Ami wanted to do a simple tribute album to Lord, one of his favorite musicians. But in the Holy Land, even pop covers are political. Tune in to Shtetl today to find out about the Lord Diaries, a musical pop journey in Hebrew, Russian, Arabic, Yiddish, and French. You can download this or past episodes of Shtetl on the Shortwave from iTunes or at shtetlmontreal.com. Stay tuned. Today, Shtetl is pure Holy Land heroin. for tuning in to Shtetl on the Shortwave or Shtetl Middle East on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. I'm your host Tamara Kramer. If you're not familiar with the music of Ella Yelich O'Connor, aka Lord, you gotta take a listen. Israeli journalist, musician and poet Yuval Ben-Ami is a huge fan. Find out what happens when he tries to produce a tribute album to Lord in Israel and Palestine. On this episode, I'll play you the fruits of his project called The Lord Diaries, published in 972 magazine. I spoke with Yuval Ben-Ami about the process that led to a five-song album of Lord covers. What is the concept behind The Lord Diaries? Well, it's a concept that changed and evolved as the diaries were created. First, I am a fan of Lord, an authentic fan of this young musician from New Zealand. Um, I came to a friend of mine named Yaron Fishman. We make music together. And I told him, look, let's make a tribute. Let's take these five songs and record them. Let's make an EP, a little local tribute album. He said, fine. But the thing is, and part of, that's part of the reason we're meeting here in the American Colony Hotel in East Jerusalem, I work and have been working now for the past few years with Palestinians uh, as equals uh, in giving dual narrative tours of the Holy Land. And I have begun to see the word local in a different way than I have in the past. In the past, I was Israeli. This was Israel. Local was Hebrew. So... Translating Lord songs into Hebrew was enough to make it a local tribute. That is no longer the case for me and has to include Arabic and Arabic speaking people of this country who make up half the population between the Jordan and the sea. And so I said to Yaron, maybe we should find a Palestinian partner and make it a dual language binational tribute. That was the next concept. And we started looking for a partner. We started looking for someone to translate the songs into Arabic and for someone to perform them and then maybe for more than one person to translate and to perform. And we ran into a lot of trouble. The more we were looking and the more we were failing, I realized this was interesting. How difficult it is, how complicated it is to do something as trivial as to produce a popular music tribute. What were some of the failures? What were some of the obstacles that you encountered along the way in trying to make this binational, bilingual tribute to Lord? Well, first of all, people like Lord, people around the world and in this country and from both sides of the uh, separation barrier. And you know, the separation barrier is not the only thing that divides us. Most of the Palestinians we were talking to are citizens of Israel. Uh, and even they have a barrier in their mind, like we often do. Uh, some kind of a political dread or, or, or anxiety, rather. Uh, and uh, at first, they would commit to working with us. They would say, oh, great, I love this music. I love these songs. I would love to, to do a version. And then they would say, oh, actually, I'm too busy. And I knew, or assumed at least, what was behind that, I'm too busy. We have so many pressures at this point 
not to cooperate. And I can even understand where they come from, especially on Palestinians. Um, there is BDS, boycott, divestment, uh, and... Um, boycott, divestment? Sanctions. Sanctions. Uh, but I'm not worried about it. I actually do support BDS. I, I, uh, I feel that this country needs change and it needs to have some kind of effect on its policies that would shift things. I am constantly uh, witnessing injustices and I don't mind trying boycott, divestment or sanctions. Maybe it won't work, maybe it would work and I don't even mind being affected by them. More significantly, there is this movement called anti-normalization. And uh, that is a grassroots movement within the Palestinian and pro-Palestinian politics. The idea behind anti-normalization is that, that Palestinians should avoid cooperating with Israelis because any kind of cooperation creates a false appearance of normality. Any kind of cooperation at all. Actually, it started with trying to avoid these sort of feel-good, uh, coexistence, uh, happy-go-lucky uh, projects and events, but it came down to anything. So even if I come from a very critical perspective, I, I would be boycotted just because I'm Israeli. And I'm actually opposed to that, uh, personally. I think that we must communicate. We must work together. We must also avoid false appearances. And I could understand, by the way, how the Lord Project could seem like a false appearance. There was a turning point in your journey, and that was meeting with Mira Awad. Can you tell us who she is and what was her perspective on the project? Mira Awad is a, uh, is a wonderful musician. She's a singer. Um, she is a Palestinian citizen of Israel. She's Christian. And I've liked her for many years. Yaron mentioned her name. He said that uh, he has a contact to her. And for me, that was great news. And from that moment, I became fixated on it. I said, okay, it's going to be Mira Awad. And uh, I contacted Mira Awad. And first she said, yes, let's do it. And I'm a fan of Lord, etc. And then she suddenly backed up. Because for Mira Awad, and she's in a very interesting position, she came so close to Jewish Israelis and performed so much with them that she got really burned from the Arab perspective. She performed on the Eurovision Song Contest stage and um, she represented Israel there alongside Noah or Achinoam Nini, who's a Jewish Israeli artist. And um, she wasn't open to any more such cooperations because the BDS movement judged her, anti-normalization judged her. And she wanted to do things that make a stronger statement. And she said, I will do something with you if it presents the realities. But I couldn't convince her and she did not end up being the partner. And after she gave her final no, I gave up. I decided it's not going to happen. This is not a time for cooperations. Mira Awad is right. Everyone's right. We can't do it right now. And that's when I had a shift of paradigm. The project was failing, but Yuval had a new approach for the Lord Tribute and possibly for solving the Holy Land identity dilemma. Stick with Shtetl to find out what happens next in the Lord Diaries. But first, we'll take a short break for a bit of music from Israeli-Palestinian musician Mira Awad. This song is called Rita. كان عيدا في فمي 
Shtetl on the short wave. Yeah. Shtetl on the short wave. Yeah. You know short wave? No. Short wave radio? No. Like you can listen to it in the desert and you pick up. Ah, yeah? You know, like people did it many, many years ago when they didn't have radio. That's right. Shtetl from... Shtetl. Shtetl. Shtetl on the short wave. I have it written down. No, it's okay, it's okay. Yeah? Okay. I'm Ravi Kahalani from Yemen Blues. You are listening to Shtetl on the short wave. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Shtetl. 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 Okay, again. I'm Ravid Kahalani from Yemen Blues, and you are listening to Shmu again. Shtetl? Yeah, it's Yiddish. Shtetl. 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 I'm Ravid Kahalani from Yemen Blues, and you are listening to Shtetl on the short wave. didn't work out with Mira Awad, and some of the other Arabic singers Yuval approached also said no. Would this be the end of the local tribute? I thought, what if we were to break the dichotomy? It won't be Israeli and Palestinian. It will be something else. And for this, I would have to break up my own national identity. And I went to the musicians, the Israeli musicians, who agreed to participate. And I asked them to sing the songs in the language of their grandparents, rather than in Hebrew. I am a child of the two-state solution. My father worked with Yitzhak Rabin. He was his spokesman. And I believed in it for very long as a solution for the problems of this country. Now I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it's been 20 years, nothing moved. Settlements have been scattered like salt from a salt shaker around the West Bank to make a two-state solution uh, impossible. And in a sense, being an optimist, I started thinking maybe that's a good thing. Maybe dividing people is not the best idea. And the, the project, in a way, reflects this shift in paradigm. It starts with a two-state solution. Let's have an album with two sides. Side A, Hebrew. Side B, Arabic. And it moves on to, let's break barriers apart. Let's make movement free so we can choose our identity, so we can choose the place where we live, so we can move around. It's, in a sense, a one-stater approach, but it's more like a 12 million-stater approach, thinking that every individual around here deserves to make their own choices about their identity. So one of them is Shira Zain Karmel. She has a project in which she sings songs in Yiddish with her husband. Um, they actually um, took songs from Birobijan, the Jewish uh, region of the Eastern uh, Soviet Union. It's still there in Eastern Russia. Yiddish is still, I suppose, spoken there to some extent, but was the language of the town uh, in the times of Stalin. And um, they took that poetry and put it to music. I knew she works with Yiddish. And I said, why don't you sing team by Lord in Yiddish. And then we had to find Yiddish scholars to translate it. And it happened. Zayn <laughs> 
Seh doch dein Kreuzkeit und sie schickt, die Psure 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 schickt. Ruf die Meile Kong, sei seine Neus geputzt. Zierungen auf den Hals, Zierungen zwischen Zähnen. Jetzt ruft die Jingle an, die Pony mit Levoneton. Was mir lieben wie ein Bruder, besser ist ein Tummeton. Tanzen herum die liegen da, tanzen herum die Eugen da. Da war viele, die schick heurig, sie tanzen also. Wollen ich was haben nicht kein an Schunken Schenkheit, aber große Machers wenden mir. Wollen in Kurpeis, wollen Palaz von Kurmi. Und du weißt, abbande seinen Bies. Sie ist mir niemals, was sie heißen, sollen sie sein, mein Ballabos. Nun was, nun als auf Sticklich geht, scherblich on a ob er gar nicht getan Und Konkurrenten alle Paralit, was kommt denn nicht Weil was will Palaz An Er hat sich die Städte auf den Shortwave auf CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal. was the technicalities with Shira Zain Carmel doing a Yiddish cover of uh, the Lord song team. But who would you Val get to do the next cover? I went to this duo in Jerusalem called the Jamshid Sisters. When I first met the Jamshid Sisters and we performed together at an event in Jerusalem, I asked them where their last name was from and they told me it was Persian. And they said it's even not Persian Jewish, it's a Persian Muslim name that their family somehow acquired. And I think it's derived from the city of Mashhad. And so I was sure that when I tell them, sing this in the language of your ancestors, it would be Persian. But instead they both said French, because their mother is French speaking. And then the mother was there. And I said... And you asked them already to do the big hit, the, roy- the Royals. Exactly. And I thought, ooh, you know, royals in Persian, that's one thing. It's very local. So many uh, Israelis are Persian-speaking, and plus it's Middle Eastern. We're doing a Middle Eastern project. But then, would royals in French be as interesting? And this is the moment where I realized, A, 
Everything is local here. French is as much a local language as Farsi is. Uh, Moroccan Israelis speak French. French Israelis, people who immigrated from France. I speak French. It's part of what we are. And another thing is I shouldn't be choosing people's identities for them. This is the mistake that I've made along the way. And so I, I told the mother, listen, there is this singer from New Zealand. And they told me, don't, you don't have to bother. Royals is her ringtone on her phone. So the mother knew Royals. She gave a knockout translation of Royals and we recorded it and it's beautiful. first one was a version in Russian of the song Yellow Flicker Beat, uh, which is not from the album Pure Heroin, it's from uh, the soundtrack to um, the third Hunger Games movie. It's absolutely beautiful and I was really thinking a Palestinian would pick that up because the entire movie, um, Mockingjay 3, Mockingjay Part 1, is about dealing with issues of resistance to an occupying power. And the song is a monologue of Katniss Everdeen, the heroine of the Hunger Games series, and she is a rebel. And the Palestinians see themselves so much as rebels at this time in history. 
and uh, but it was picked up by a Russian. It was translated by Vladit Voiris, who is a dentist, and he's a friend of your own. A dentist from suburban Tel Aviv picked up this song and gave it the most amazing Russian translation. One of every uh, seven or six Jewish Israelis is from the former Soviet Union. There was a huge wave of immigration here in the early 90s after the fall of the Soviet Union. A million uh, post-Soviet Israelis were created because they were not Israelis before. There was another wave in the 70s. Zionism started in Russia, so Russian is very much a part of our identity. And I thought it came out beautiful too. So far, we've heard three covers from Yuval Ben-Ami's tribute album to Lord: The Yiddish cover by The Technicalities, a French version of The Royals by the Jamshid Sisters, and Diane Gern's Russian version of Yellow Flicker Beat. You can read all about the project as it evolved in the Lord Diaries at 972mag.com. But there are two songs we haven't heard yet. What languages are part of this tribute? What languages represent this country? Are the translations of the songs all exactly what Lord sings, or are there variations? Four of the songs are literal translations. 
and the fifth one is not. And the fifth one is the one that was recorded in Arabic. And I can't even follow anymore how many hands these translations went through, uh, because suddenly, once we broke it up into the different languages, the Arabs woke up. And I... Um, what do you mean? <laughs> what I mean is I... Uh, actually, it was Facebook magic. I posted on Facebook a very different sort of call than I have before. Instead of saying, oh, we're looking for a Palestinian partner and so on, I said, we're looking to translate Lord's songs into as many local languages as possible. I want to hear what interests you, what is the language of your ancestors, go for it. And the first person to respond was a Palestinian who wrote Arabic. And so I said, lovely would you translate a song into Arabic? And I sent her a couple of songs. There is one song by Lord. It appears on her uh, EP, uh, The Love Club. Uh, and it's got only six lines that repeat. It's called Biting Down. Can you do some work with that? And she translated it with a friend. And uh, that friend is Khadar Abu Saif, actually, who is currently, his, he's become a star thanks to a film called Oriented that is making the rounds around the world about Palestinian uh, gay men. And uh, he's an amazing, amazing guy. And he connected me to a singer who would perform the song. And I've actually met that singer before. In my search for a Palestinian singer, I met Rasha Nahas, who is Lord's age and has the same kind of hairstyle and, and in a way, the same kind of totally independent spirit. Uh, but that never really materialized. And now suddenly it did. And uh, she took the song and she further translated it. She really made it her own. And I thought, that's cool. It's just not a literal translation, but she took the experience that Lord is singing about and spoke about her own similar experience. She was really the only um, Arab or Palestinian that agreed to participate like as a singer. Why do you think that she agreed to do it and somebody like Mira Awad or Luna Abu Nasser said no? Why did she say yes? I think that maybe if I had reapproached Mira Awad and Luna Abu Nasser uh, with the new concept, with the new idea of having it be plural identities, multilingual rather than binational, they may have responded differently. But by now that was in the past. We were moving forward. And we had uh, Dima Daraoshe and Khadar Abu Saif who translated and Rasha Nahas who sang. And that was partnership enough for me. Once we did that, I said, I have learned something. I have learned that we need to break our paradigms if we want to move on in this country. I've really learned a lesson that to me is very fundamental in its uh, political message. I don't think I understand what you, like, what was it that you learned? What's the paradigm shift? It went from being, let's make an Arabic, Hebrew, Palestinian, Israeli project to being about just people's diverse identities in the country. Yes. And I think that I haven't yet fully internalized and processed that and what it means politically, but it means something. There is something there. Because currently, the paradigm politically is, we are the Israelis, this country is ours. No, we are the Palestinians, this country is ours. And if we change our whole concept of identity and say, we are the people who live in this country, we are not a unified uh, entity. We are made up of many voices. All of these voices are legitimate and not one of them can be dominant over others because the whole idea of dominance is so powerful here. I say from my perspective as a critical Israeli that the biggest problem that my society has is our, um, is, is our dominance, is that we, that we feel a need to be dominant. This need is derived from our fears too and from our sense of vulnerability. We feel that if we let go ever so slightly of our dominance, we will be swept into the sea. But dominance doesn't work in the long run, and everyone deserves equality. And we reach equality by changing our view of ourselves and the others, because as long as we feel like we have to subject the other in order to maintain our own safety, this doesn't work. We need to look at ourselves differently and at the other differently. This is what happened through the process. Because basically you're talking about um, 
recognizing that Israelis aren't one singular identity. You're all, it's not just like us, we, the Israelis, because there's so much diversity here. Uh, and, and they're not just the Palestinians. They have also diversity in their identity. Yes, exactly. Both groups are very diverse. Uh, I will begin by exploring our own diversity. But for this, I have to undo the unified us because they don't want to do it with us. They want to do it with me and with Shira and with the Jamshid sisters and with Diana. They don't want to do it with us. They don't want to do like a coexistence project. They don't want to do an, a, a Palestinian-Israeli project. They just want to do a project where they're one musician amongst many who are performing their style and identity and language. In a sense. I mean, it remained a very political project, but it presented a political alternative. And I think this is what we need more than anything else. We need alternatives. We need alternative thinking. This is also why it's very symbolic and beautiful that the artist to step in was Russia, because she thinks alternatively. Moses ascended Mount Sinai, he went to hear God's word. When the prophet descended, he came carrying tablets inscribed with God's will. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt be fruitful. And multiply. Thou shalt listen to Shell on the Shortwave on CKUT 90.3 FM.
You're listening to Shtetl on the Shortwave. I'm your host, Tamara Kramer, and you can download this and past episodes of the show from iTunes or at shtetlmontreal.com. Shtetl airs on CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal and is currently being produced from Tel Aviv, where I'm trying to make some sense of the culture and politics and diversity of the Holy Land. For now, I'm calling the show Shtetl Middle East, and I'm so happy to have you all along as fellow radio pilgrims to the Holy Land. In this next clip, Yuval explains the challenge of trying to represent all the identities of this place. You also talked about a woman, Ilana Elia, oh, yeah, a yeah. Kurdish singer. And this is there, is, there is a whole chapter, one of the 15 chapters, it's called Overwhelmed. And that's when I open it up to different identities, I get overwhelmed by how many identities exist. And I don't know how I would choose from them and what would be the right ones to represent this country and make it a local tribute. Ilana Elia is a singer who sings in, uh, who's a, he's, she's a Kurdish Israeli singer. So she's a Kurdish Jew. Kurdish Jews uh, speak both Kurdish and Aramaic. And she sings in both these languages. She is an amazing performer. And this was just one of the people that I would, would think about. I took a walk, um, down through South Tel Aviv. And uh, there are neighborhoods there that have such diversity of Jewish uh, voices and um, origins, Mizrahi Jews especially, from Yemen, from Iran, from Morocco, from so many different countries that are so different. And at the same time, you also have people there who are not Jewish. You have asylum seekers from East Africa. You have migrant workers from the Philippines. And to me, Everyone who lives on this soil is legitimately part of what this land is. In the end, it came to an almost random selection of five languages, one of which is Hebrew, one of which is Arabic, and three others. But it could have been, I don't know if 500 languages are spoken here, but very likely. And yes, it could have been that. Okay, so remind me, what are the five languages? It's Hebrew, Arabic, Russian, Yiddish, and French. And in a sense, French represents Mizrahi Israelis. The Jamshid sisters are Mizrahi. And yet it is the most European uh, language on the project. In a sense, Yellow Flicker Beat would have been the most Palestinian song in its content. But it's done by the Russians, whose politics, the politics of the Russian community in Israel, tend to be very anti-Palestinian, or at least reserved uh, as far as the ideas of compromise with Palestinians. So all of these, really? Lieber, yes, Lieberman and, uh, you know, they tend to the more hawkish angle of uh, Israeli politics. Not everybody. I, I know many people who are the complete opposite. And that's part of the story. This is a land of exceptions. It's never what we expect it to be. And when, and when we come and say, let's make this project like this, because this is what Israel is, or this is what Israel-Palestine is, or this is what Palestine is, you're always going to end up fooling yourself. You have to be open and you have to be fluid. And this is part of why it worked. Because music makes you open and fluid. And this is the gift of Miss Yelich O'Connor in this case. She gave us music and we were working with music and it kept our minds open. So did you have like any thoughts about maybe adding more songs like so that you could have a few more languages or a few more of the identities because there's so many I mean just imagine one of the Lord songs in an East African style or in a Filipino style or I guess Mizrahi style well, first of all go ahead and do it if you <laughs> like the idea I encourage you to 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 find the musicians and we'll work with them I'm not done with Lord I still enjoy her music very much but I did but you do decide when a project is done and it was done I moved on to a I've done two other projects since on 972 Magazine. And by the way, the, the entire diary was published on 972 Magazine. It's available for free, 972mag.com. Uh, 972, the numbers, by the way, are um, the calling code, the international calling code for Israel and Palestine. Um, since then, I did two more projects. Another one is called Seven Nights. And it is a record of seven summer nights in this country. It was supposed to have been almost, um, almost tourist journalism. Uh, I would write about the different cities and what happens there at night. 
But then I was witness to a hate crime. I marched in Jerusalem Pride and I witnessed a stabbing of marchers in Jerusalem Pride. And the seven nights describe the recovery from the trauma of seeing intergroup hate crime in this country. The last night, the seventh night, is the death and destruction pub crawl that me and my friends did in Tel Aviv. We had a drink in seven places, in each of which a hate crime that stems from intergroup hatred took place, whether it's a suicide bombing, the assassination of Yitzhak Rabin, uh, a woman who was killed by her life partner who owned the bar, um, or a place where uh, asylum seekers were attacked. We got trashed. We walked around the city and had a, had a good time, actually. And this also brings out the irony of this country that is so full of pain and so full of fun. Wow. The Seven Nights, that sounds pretty, uh, pretty dark. Nights are dark. At their best, they're dark. It's dark, but I think uh, I try to do everything I do with a bit of humor. Um, and you know, poet Yehuda Michai, he has a beautiful novel actually that he wrote called Lo Me'achshav Lo Mikan, neither here nor now. And uh, he debates whether to stay in this country during the summer or to go back to Germany, which is where he was from. And he remembers that between every two boiling summer days, there will be a summer night. Summer nights are the respite that we get from the heat of this land. Uh, I like Summer Nights, and I think it's a fun project to read as well. Uh, 972 Magazine has a certain reputation, and which I think might be changing a bit. Uh, it's, all, it's in English, and it's a, a media source that I guess some people read from, from North America, but it definitely has a very particular perspective, and I think people could learn a lot a lot from reading the Lord Diaries about what uh, a left-wing um, young Israeli Jew thinks about living in this country. But I don't know, some people, I, I hope people would give it a chance, but I think some people would be turned off by the perspective of the magazine because it's very, it's very, it's just simply pro-Palestinian, which is fine, but I wonder if people would get over that in order to read the diaries. I'm a sort of, I, I would say that in 972, I'm a sort of a, a centrist component because what I do is mostly travel writing and I don't report from the field so much. Um, but I think I, I am personally pro-Palestinian myself because I'm pro-Israeli. And I think the one way to be pro-Israeli is to be pro-Palestinian, and the only way to be pro-Palestinian is to be pro-Israeli. And the reason is that we are not neighbors. We are bedmates. We live in the same house. And you can't be in favor, if you know a couple that live in the same house and they have a domestic fight, you can't be for one and against the other. If you're for one and against the other, you're just going to enhance the pain and the violence there. You need to be for both. We have a mutual future here. We are staying here together. No one's leaving. We're staying here together. We need to learn to know each other. Right now we are entirely segregated. We really don't meet. It, even when we try to sing together, it's very difficult. I'd like to present the, the, the issues so that people understand them. I'd like to promote um, equality and reason human rights, and I think that the human rights of my neighbor, cousin, bedmate, flatmate, the more human rights they have, the more security I would have, and the healthier my heart would be. Shavuot, kfuot, mehem barachnu el kisot, 
אוטובוס דרך לסנטר. ראוי שזה יתואר יותר. That was Yuval Ben-Ami's own Hebrew cover of a Lord song called Buzzcut Season. In this last clip, Yuval talks about the unexpected places the Lord Diaries have traveled to. There was um, an item on NPR that made us very happy because radio in North America is a great thing. And um, there was a piece in Lebanon, in uh, As-Safir, which is a newspaper in Lebanon that it's the largest newspaper in Lebanon and politically it is affiliated with Hezbollah. And the man who wrote this piece, it was a long, thorough, beautiful, fond review of the Lord Diaries. His name is Nael Al-Tuqi. He is a, an Egyptian writer and intellectual who read the Hebrew translation of the Lord Diaries on local call. Didn't even realize it was in English too. And, and felt that it was meaningful and his editors in Lebanon loved it. Now, I can't go to Lebanon. I could never cross the border. No Israeli citizen can travel the Middle East freely. We can't, Lebanon starts two hours north of here by car and I can only look through the fence at best. But my thoughts, my ideas, my, my words, my music, the music that I borrowed from New Zealand and, and played here made it to Lebanon. And Niall explained so beautifully the, the ideas behind the diaries. Uh, and uh, has Lord contacted you? Or have you contacted her? Did you think she knows about the project? 
Um, I, I'm not sure. I did end the project with a thank you letter to her because I totally didn't ask for permission and I played with her music so much and, and with her persona in a sense. And then when the article appeared in Lebanon, this was so unprecedented and so moving to me that I felt like I needed to tell about it to her and also to Joel Little, the producer who is the co-author of the songs. He's responsible for some of the compositions, so he's also responsible for this magic. And I, the, I was interviewed by Radio New Zealand, uh, which was a great interview. And I had uh, the address of the producer there. So I wrote him and asked for some kind of contact and he gave me a contact to Vic O'Connor, who's Lord's father. And I, wrote, I sent the letter through him and I got his response and he told me that he's been following the project since the beginning and loved all of the song versions, which was for me fantastic, you know? That's a wrap for this episode of Shtetl Middle East. Hope you enjoyed the music. Check out The Lord Diaries at 972mag.com. Thanks to Yuval Ben-Ami and to all the artists who covered Lord in their language of choice. Reading the diaries was a treat and an education in music and in the complexity of pop and politics in the Holy Land. We'll be back soon for another episode of Shtetl Middle East. In the meantime, feel free to check out some of the recent shows on Shtetl's iTunes or at shtetlmontreal.com. David Bowie said to Ella Yellick O'Connor, the Kiwi teenager who is the pop superstar Lord, that listening to her music felt like, quote, listening to tomorrow. And I think he has a point. The Lord Diaries also have a lot to say about the pressures young people here in Israel and Palestine face, the challenges that come with every little choice they make and how they portray themselves and who they will or will not talk to or work with, choices of where to go and what language it's okay to speak, choices that can get them shunned or sometimes even killed. This a cappella duet by David Bowie and Freddie Mercury is dedicated to them. Pressure pushing down on me, pressing down on you, no man has fall. Under pressure, the brains are building down, splits the family in two, puts people on streets. Eat it up, that's okay It's the terror of knowing what this world is about Watching some good friends screaming, let me out Pray tomorrow gets me higher Chipping around, keep my brains around the floor. Things like the days, it never rains, but it pours. <laughs> Watching some good friends screaming, let me out. Tomorrow gets me higher, higher, higher. Turned away from it all like a blind man. Sat on a fence, but it don't work. Keep coming up with love, but it's so slashed and torn. Why?
Pressure. Pressure.